The time has finally come. This is what this entire season of Big Hall Talk has been leading to. It's been a fun season. I'm hoping to continue the show even after the ballot is complete and the reveals are complete. But here we are. Tomorrow is the big day. Um, or today. This uh, I'm recording this on Monday. It'll be out on Tuesday morning. So today is the big day. Um, while you're listening to this, it is the day when we will know who is in the 2022 Hall of Fame class for the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, welcome in, everybody, to a big episode of Big Hall Talk. This is the final episode before the reveal of the results for the Hall of Fame voting. Lots to get to today. I am going to reveal who I would vote for today. Uh, so that is obviously big for everybody. Uh, it's big for me. It was a tough process. I have to say, um, you know, I sat down and I looked at the whole ballot and I said, okay, these are the guys I need to have. And there's seven of them. And then there were seven more guys that I considered. And there were only three spots. So there are four people getting left off that I would have voted for that I think all have great cases. And for whatever reason, I had to leave them off. Um, so it was really, really hard, you know, when you sit down and you look at it and, you know, you say, wow, oh my God, like there are seven guys and I've only got three spots left because of how many guys I value as guys that have to be on the ballot. Um, so let's just update where we stand going in to now. Um, this is at the end of Monday. So these are, there will probably be some public reveals tomorrow. The final public ballot will not be complete until 6 p.m. tomorrow when ballots are, um, you know, the results are ultimately released. So right now there are three players on track to get into the Hall of Fame. David Ortiz has 84.5% of the vote. Barry Bonds has 77.5% of the vote. And Roger Clemens has 76.5% of the vote. That is going to change drastically. I think the only guy on track right now to get in is Big Poppy. I think David Ortiz is going to be in the Hall of Fame come tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern time. I don't think that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are. I just think they cut it too close to that line before the private ballot to where the private ballot will bring them under 75%. I would love for it to be a big surprise and for them to actually get in. It would be amazing. But unfortunately, I just don't see it happening. Um, the next best vote getter as of now is, it looks like, hold on. No, it's Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland has 70.1% of the vote right now. Kurt Schilling has 61% of the vote. He's not going to get in. He has netted 22 lost votes on this ballot. That's second only to Omar Vizquel with negative 46, which is an all-time record for lost votes. Some other guys that uh, are worth noting, Todd Helton has 57.8% of the vote. He is the leader right now in net votes. He has netted 12 votes. Scott Rowland has netted 11, by the way. Uh, so two really good years for Helton and, and, and Rowland. I think Rowland's going to get in next year. And I think Helton is going to get in within the next two or three years. Um, Andrew Jones nearly at 50%. Jeff Kent having a rough year. Uh, Andrew Jones has gained 10 votes net. 
Um, Billy Wagner has also gained 10 votes net. He's at 49.2% of the vote. So some good years for some of the guys that I really love. Uh, Gary Sheffield currently net negative two. Um, He's at 48.1% of the vote. So not the best year for Sheffield unless something changes on the private ballot. We will see. All right. Let's just go ahead and get right into it. Um, Again, I I, I like to vote for 10 guys every year. This is a loaded ballot. Loaded ballot. So there are definitely 10 guys on my ballot this year. Um, And we're just going to get right into it. These are... I'm going to first start with the seven guys that I considered must-haves. So these are the guys that no matter what, on any ballot, they should be on every... You know, in my eyes, they should be on every ballot. But for, you know, for me personally, especially... These are the guys that I have to have. I couldn't not vote for any of these guys. The first one, obviously, Barry Bonds. There's nothing else to it, right? There, you know, we we breeze over him every week because there's no point in even talking about it. He's the greatest player to ever play the game. You cannot have a Hall of Fame that is legitimate if you don't have the greatest player to ever play the game in the Hall of Fame. It's that simple. Um it's going to be a shame. I don't think he's going to get in, and it's going to be a huge shame. Um, but there, there's nothing else to it. Barry Bonds, the greatest player of all time. You know, I can list all the accolades for you if you want to. I don't want to waste your time because it'll take for, forever. But Bonds is just so clear, so far above everybody else. He made, he turned baseball into a video game, and for that reason, he has to be in. Barry Bonds must have. Everybody knows it. It's clear. It's it's been clear from the beginning. He is a Hall of Famer. He is on my ballot. Roger Clemens is the next one. Must have. Greatest pitcher ever. Boom. If you have the greatest player ever, you need the greatest pitcher ever. And we're standing at a point in baseball history where you're looking at a Hall of Fame without the hits, the all-time hit leader, the all-time home run leader, and the greatest pitcher to ever play the game. What what are we doing? What what are we doing here? You know what I mean? It's just absurd. It it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, Clemens has as many Cy Young seven as Bonds has MVPs. These are two of the greatest players in the game's history. Bonds, the greatest ever. Clemens, are, you know, I I think personally the greatest pitcher ever. There, there's, there's, they should have been in ten years ago. Um, so it's just ridiculous. You cannot erase the history of these two guys. You cannot erase the entire steroid era. And these are two of the most important guys in the steroid era. We just had that whole discussion last week with Jeremy Taché about how you cannot erase an entire era of history, an, an era that was very important to growing the game post-strike. And because of that, you have to have these two. They should be no-brainers. And and for that reason, you know, the fact that they're not going to get in, is it's a crime. Um, but... The Clemens, Bonds, obviously, you know, we'll start there because nobody had any doubt about those. The next one, Scott Rowland. You know, you guys know, if you listen to the show, you know, I absolutely love this case. For me, there is no better overall case on the ballot than Scott Rowland. If you, you know, if there's voters, if there's a voter that wants to vote for one guy this year and they want it to be the perfect candidate based off baseball merit, and things off the field, it's got to be Scott Rowland. He doesn't have a blemish on his record, and he's a great baseball player. I mean, one, you know, arguably, to me, probably the fourth best pure baseball player 
on this ballot. 69.9 war, 122 weighted runs created plus, an 855 career OPS, seven-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Glove winner, 1997 Rookie of the Year, an 06 World Series champion. Um, again, the best case all around on the ballot. I I think that one ballot, one candidate voters should vote for Scott Rowland. If you want the perfect candidate, this is your guy. Um, I don't know why more people haven't voted for him. I don't know why it seems so controversial to consider Scott Rowland a Hall of Famer. He's clearly a Hall of Famer. We're going to talk about Jeff Kent in a little bit. He's Jeff Kent with eight gold gloves. When you talk about they're pretty much the same offensive player. So, yeah, Scott Rowland, absolute no-brainer. The next one for me, it's not the strongest numbers case probably, but... I just think he has to be in, and it's Todd Helton. Obviously, I was a big advocate of Larry Walker, um, you know, in years past. And I, I think Coors Field is, you know, leaving a guy out because he played in Coors Field. You can't just rule out an entire franchise from the Hall of Fame. The fact that Larry Walker went in and went in with a Rockies cap on his head says that that, that broke the glass ceiling. Helton... Arenado, guys down the line are going to have an easier time getting in. 54.9 war, 132 weighted runs, Korea plus, 953 OPS. Five-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger, three-time Gold Glove winner. So he did it on both sides of the ball. Um, people don't realize how great Todd Helton was because he was overshadowed by Albert Pujols in the NL for most of his career. You know, you talk about only having four Silver Sluggers and only being a five-time All-Star. That's because he was competing with Albert Pujols for that spot. And he still won all those awards. Um, you know, some outrageous seasons. There's a 372. There's like a 358 in there. Some outrageous numbers. He's probably a top three to five first baseman of his generation. And when you look at that, if you're a top three to five player at your position for 10 to 15 years, you know, it's hard for me to leave you out, especially when you've got the numbers that um, Helton does. You know, for me, war... it. With war, like 54.9 war is not the greatest number, right? I think you need to have at least 50 to be considered. I think anywhere from 65 to 70 about pretty much locks you in, at least in my eyes. Um, 70 and above for sure is a lock. You know, 54.9 isn't the most outrageous war. It's not, you know, certified Hall of Famer. Um and he doesn't have the greatest counting stats, but that's because he just kind of at the end tailed off because of injuries, but it was already blatantly a Hall of Fame career despite the injuries at the end. This is a Hall of Fame resume. You know, Jack McMullen was on with us, called him Mr. Rocky. Could not agree with that more. I'm going to pull from a lot of what we've heard during ballot season to kind of, you know, make my arguments because absolutely a lot of the arguments that were made by people on this show had an effect on how I felt a lot about these guys. And, and you know, Jack saying that thing about Todd Helton being Mr. Rocky, he is the guy you associate with the Colorado Rockies for sure. And so I think that Todd Helton, for that re for those reasons, is in. Um, the next one, this is the guy, you know, I really couldn't, I, I really haven't like welled up the passion that I did for Larry Walker for anybody else since then. But Andrew Jones would be the guy, if I did, that I would go for. 67 war, 111 weighted runs created plus, 823 OPS. So the hitting numbers, you know, he was an above average hitter, let's say. But when you're the best defender since Willie Mays, you win 10 gold gloves in center field. You have 434 home runs and an 111 weighted runs created plus, despite the last like five, six years of your career being terrible. 
that suggests that you should be in the Hall of Fame. He is the best defender since Willie Mays, and he did enough offensively to get in. You know, you talk about Omar Vizquel, right, and how I don't like Omar Vizquel's case, but he was a great defender at his time. But what can you, at some point with great defenders, you have to do enough offensively to warrant getting in. And for me, Andrew did more than enough offensively. And so I think that for sure, he should be on pretty much everybody's ballot. One of the great defenders in the history of baseball. Um, and he was a really good hitter too, 434 home runs. Um, so Andrew Jones for me, for sure, in. So we've got five so far, Bonds, Clemens, Roland, Helton, and Jones. The next one, Big Poppy. This one's really simple for me. It's Big Fucking Poppy, okay? There's nothing else to this one, really. 51 war as a DH, 140 weighted runs created plus, 931 OPS, 541 home runs in his career. You know, the same way that you can't tell the the story of the steroid era of baseball without Bonds and Clements, you cannot tell the story of the era afterwards, you know, post-missile report without Big Poppy. So many iconic moments, three World Series championships with an iconic franchise, just, 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 a, a, you know, a marvel. Everybody loved him and uh, he has to be in, he has to be in and he's going to get in and whether it's right for him to be the only guy that gets in in this class is a huge debate. It's certainly up for debate. I'm willing to hear it. But the fact that Big Poppy should get in is not a debate. He's a Hall of Famer. Done. That's it. The final guy I consider a must-have on my ballot is a guy I really love to advocate for, and I've had a lot of people come on and advocate for. It's Gary Sheffield. The best chance that the Miami Marlins have of getting a Hall of Famer in for probably the next 15, 20, 30 years, however much you want, you know, you want to call it, it's Gary Sheffield. 62.1 war in his career, 141 radio runs created, plus 907 OPS. Truly one of the greatest hitters on this ballot, one of the great hitters of his generation, one of the great hitters in the game. 509 home runs, nine-time All-Star, five-time Silver Slugger. From 92 to 07, he only had one year under 123 weighted runs created plus. You know, you want to talk about longevity and how much people love longevity. There's not a whole lot of longevity, um, you know, stronger than Gary Sheffield's. He played forever, and he played at a high level right until the very end. Um, and, And for me... Go back and listen to the Gary Sheffield episode that we have if you want to get a better feel of his career, of why I love this case. Matches up with some of the great players of that era. You know, carried the Mar- not carried, but helped the Marlins win a World Series in 97 with a great postseason. His prime was in, you know, South Florida with the then Florida Marlins. Guy was incredible. He played forever. He did it all, you know, heart of the Yankees lineup, heart of the Braves lineup, heart of the Marlins lineup, heart of the Dodgers lineup. Just Played for so many teams, did it for so long. Such a great player everywhere he went. Gary Sheffield, please, please, please let me see him in Cooperstown where he belongs. So those are the seven guys that I consider to be must-haves on my ballot. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Scott Rowland, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, David Ortiz, and Gary Sheffield. Now let's go into what were the decisions I had to make. So these were guys, you know, the seven I just mentioned, there was no if, ands, or buts. I didn't even have to think about it. I just checked those guys off. Boom, 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 boom. 
These are the guys that I really had to think about, and it left me with seven guys for three spots. Um, there, you know, it, it, it's a it's a um, an accomplishment in itself to make it on the ballot. But the truth is, there's a lot of guys that don't really have cases on the ballot. So I, when I looked at the ballot, there were 14 guys. Apparently, that's how many I came up with that I would really consider voting for. So 14 on a 10, you know, you only have 10. That's really tough. And there were some really hard decisions that I had to make here. Um, I expected it to be pretty easy um, that I would just kind of go in and check everybody off. But I double thought, you know, I, 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 I had second thoughts about a lot of these guys. Um, you know, even some guys that if you listen to the show, you might have thought no chance you would, you know, I would ever vote for that guy. Um, but I considered um, everybody, you know, I considered all seven of these guys and it really took me some time to really think about it and decide who to vote for. So let's run through the seven guys that I had. And then I'll tell you kind of how I made my decision. So the first one is Sammy Sosa. It's his final year on the ballot. And this is a guy who I have had my opinion kind of changed by by a lot of our guests you know rm came on and advocated for sammy sosa and jeremy last week was really really staunch in his advocation for sammy sosa he really you know loved what he did for the game post 1998 and i personally did not vote for Sosa. like you know obviously i didn't actually vote but on my ballot last year when i did it with fish stripes i did not have sosa on my ballot last year but um I, I really wanted to reconsider this one this year because it is his final year on the ballot. 609 home runs. The problem with Sosa is his steroid peak is really egregious. I mean, there are really some, you know, tough years before. There's some tough years after. The numbers aren't all that overwhelming. But he does have the 609 home runs. And he was one of the greatest home run hitters, purely just hitting the ball over the fence that we've ever seen. And again, that 98 home run chase did so much for the sport, so much for Sosa, so much for McGuire, so much for, you know, the fans getting back into the game after the 94 strike. Baseball had really been affected for those four years in between. And the 98 home run chase is really kind of what helped bring the game out of that. And Sosa was such a huge part of it, and he played such a huge part in it. You know, he's got those four seasons in there where he hit 66, 63, 50, and 64. I think that's from 98 to 01. It's absurd numbers. You know, he's got an MVP. Um, so I, I really had to think about Sosa, and um, he, he was a guy that I really considered, and we'll see if he's on the ballot uh, come decision time, but Sosa was a guy that much more than last year, I really, really weighed heavily, even though I'm not in love with his case, but Aram talking about how, you know, uh, it's his last year, you know, it's not going to get in, but I feel like I kind of owe it to him in a way for what he did. I understand that, and that's kind of what made me kind of reconsider it as well, so we'll see whether he ended up or not. The next one is Billy Wagner. Um, you know, he's the best handed, best left-handed reliever ever. Uh, the only reason really that he's not in the must have section is because I can understand, you know, people that don't vote for relievers. Um, you know, sometimes I would consider not voting for a reliever over some of these other guys here. Um, 
Wagner was really overwhelming, though. 2.31 ERA, 422 saves, which is sixth all-time in only 900 innings. Um, His 11.92 caves per nine is fifth all-time among pitchers with 600-plus innings pitched in their careers. And he's the only pitcher ever with a whip, which is walks, hits, innings pitched, under one and 1100 uh strikeouts one of you know that 102 at the face is just ridiculous one of the most feared dominant closers of all time um you know billy wagner i absolutely love this case and again i'll I'll give it away here he is i did vote for billy wagner um as you can probably tell but he Again, the reason I had to consider him is just because of the fact that he's a reliever. He only pitched 900 innings in his career. People have made me think about it. But at the end of the day, you can't leave the best left-handed reliever out of the Hall of Fame. And I think he's on a pretty good track after this year. He had a really nice year on the ballot. We'll see where he ends um, when the votes are final tomorrow. All right, so the next two guys I'm going to group together because these are the two-time PED users, right? So I kind of have this idea in my head that if you are caught twice, that's it. That should be it. But how good do you have to be to overcome that and to stay and still get my vote? And these are two guys that really push that. They push that threshold. You know, um, it's it's Manny Ramirez and Alex Rodriguez. You know, Manny's a top five to ten right-handed right-handed hitter of all time. Absurd video game numbers at the plate. If you go look at those numbers, they are absolutely ridiculous. Sixty-six point three WAR, one hundred fifty-three weighted runs created plus. For his career, a 996 OPS for his career. That is absolutely absurd. Again, two tests is usually a no-go for me. But is he just too good? That's the question I had to ask about him. And it's the same question I had to ask about A-Rod. A-Rod has the third best case on the ballot just on pure baseball merit alone, right? It's Bonds, it's Clemens, and then it's him. 113.7 war, twice as much, almost twice as much as Manny. 141 way to runs created plus, a 930 OPS. 14-time All-Star, 3-time MVP, 2-time Gold Glove winner, 10-time Silver Slugger, 4-time Hank Aaron Award winner, which is best offensive player, 696 home runs in his career. He really could have pushed Bonds if it were not for the suspensions. He is legitimately one of the best shortstops of all time. Hell, he was the best shortstop on his team, a team that had Derek Jeter on it. You know, and he was almost a unanimous Hall of Famer, um what was it, two years ago with Larry Walker, but he lied to everybody's faces. You know, he went on uh, Katie Couric, I believe it was. We talked about this last week with Jeremy, and he lied to everybody's faces, and he told them he wasn't a cheater, and then it came out that he was a cheater, and so it makes it a little different, and can you really vote for a guy that tested positive twice on his first ballot? I don't know. Was he good enough? Was he just too good? Is it just too overwhelming? I, I, I really had to think about it. It was really tough. It was really tough to think about. And and so, you know, did he push that kind of cutoff that I've made for myself, that limit, that rule I've kind of made where, you know, two and you're done. But if you're good enough, you know, so I, I really had to consider that. Um, the next guy, okay, here we go. Kurt Schilling. <sighs> what do we say? I'll say this. 
I saw a really good piece, and I recommend you go watch it. Bomani Jones, on his Twitter account, put out a video from his appearance on Bob Costas' new HBO show, which I would really love to watch, um, as if I'm going to end up watching it. But I would love to. Um, and he made the case to vote for Kurt Schilling. And Bomani is a guy whose morals I trust, morals I believe in. You know, he usually he, he's always kind of on the right side of things. And he made the case that to vote for Schilling, to spite him, you know, he asks you to take him off. So you should, you know, leave him on. It's not your place to judge character. And and it really made me think twice. It really did. Um, he's a clear cut Hall of Famer. There's no doubt about it, right? If you're just going off baseball merit, no doubt. And I've always said that I should just go off baseball merit. And if he hadn't done that thing where he asked voters to take him off, I probably would have, he would be in the must-haves, you know, well, maybe not in the must-haves, but I would probably likely vote for him and it would be, you know, a no-brainer for me. I wouldn't have even thought twice about it. I wouldn't have even considered taking him off my ballot from last year. But I had to think about it, and I thought about it again, and then I thought about it again, and then I had a discussion with Alex Reifman, who was on with us. And, and you know, he said, well, there's a lot of bad people, you know, in the Hall of Fame already. There's a lot of bad people on this ballot. You should just, you know, ignore the character thing and vote off baseball merit. He's certainly a Hall of Famer. That's what Bomani told me to do. And so I had to think about it again. Did I choose to leave him off? Did I choose to leave him on? We'll see. But I really, this one went down to the last minute. I really didn't think that I was going to think about this for very long, but I did. I thought about it for a good minute and I really had to, you know, consider everything, um, you know, so we'll, we'll see. Um, but man, it, you know, again, it would just be so easy if he just weren't such an asshole, such a repulsive human being. But he is. I find him repulsive. And his views are um, something I refuse to align with. And I think that some people, by voting for him, in a way, align themselves with that. I I'm getting... Uh, uh, we'll get to the decision in a second. But, yeah, I, you know, this is a really tough one. Kurt Schilling is really, really tough. All right, moving on. The next guy. Jeff Kent. I had him on last year. Um, and I've advocated for him on this podcast, uh, that he has a good case. 56 war, 123 weighted runs created plus 855 OPS. Same as Scott Rowland, one higher weighted runs created plus than Scott Rowland. Um, he's a five-time all-star, a four-time silver slugger. He's got a 2000, an MVP in 2000. He was on the same team as Barry Bonds in 2000 and he still won an MVP. He's got 377 home runs in his career. It's a, the most among second basemen. If you want to count, uh, I, I don't count Alfonso Soriano as a second baseman because he played the majority of his games in the outfield. But he did play some second base. So technically, on fan graphs, he's listed as having more than Kent, whatever, whatever. Kent is arguably the greatest power-hitting second baseman of all time. Should that earn him something? With me, it does. It absolutely does. Um I, I, I believe that that's something that should be considered. You know, you have to judge by position. Second base is not a very hitter-friendly position, but Kent was a really good hitter at that position. Something absolutely to think about. The next one, the final one, this is the seventh guy I really, truly considered, is Bobby Abreu. And with each guest we've had, I just love this case more and more. 
Daniel Alvarez came on, talked to me about it. Arm Layton came on, talked to me about it. We had a good discussion with Jack and Peter, even though I think they both left them off, about it. Um, he really, really has a great case. Nobody realized it, but he does. Um, there's this great stat that we keep sharing over and over again. I'm going to share it one more time. He's one of three players all time with 285 home runs, 400 stolen bases, and a career OBP over 395. It's him, Barry Bonds, and Ricky Henderson. That's great company to be in. He did it all. He had 400 stolen bases, 200-something home runs. Um you know, he was an absolutely tremendous player, and nobody really realized it because he was overshadowed by some of the great players of his generation. But he matched up with a lot of those guys if you really look into the numbers. And so, Bobby Abreu, I really have to consider. Um, and I really thought about it for a long time. Every episode, more and more, each episode as the sh- season went on, I just kept thinking. I want to vote for Bobby Abreu. I kind of want to vote for Bobby Abreu. I kind of want to vote for Bobby Abreu. Did I did it? Did I do it? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see right now because here it is, folks. I'm going to tell you guys, let you guys in on the secret. These are the three guys that I picked out of the seven. So let's go over the ballot so far. All right. So the must-haves. We've got Bonds, Clemens, Roland, Helton, Andrew, Big Poppy and Gary Sheffield. That's how I have them written down in my notes, so let me say it properly. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Scott Rowland, Todd Helton, Andre Jones, David Ortiz, and Gary Sheffield. These are the seven guys I considered for the final three spots on my ballot. Sammy Sosa, Billy Wagner, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Kurt Schilling, Jeff Kent, and Bobby Abreu. So... I considered 14 guys. At the end, I could only pick 10. You know seven of them already. Actually, you know eight. Here are the final three guys that got in and why. First one, it's Sammy Sosa. It doesn't help. He's not getting in this year, so it might feel like a pointless vote. But you know what? It's his final year. He had 609 home runs in his career. I believe he would be joining Bonds if Bonds is left out as well. They would be the only players in the 600 home run club and eventually maybe A-Rod, to ever be left out. Um, He helped revitalize baseball after the strike. Him and McGuire saved the game in a way. And I just think that I'm doing my part, and I'm going to give Sammy Sosa the credit he deserves as a Hall of Famer. He's not going to get in. He's he's a Cub legend, some really iconic moments, hitting the home run, running with old glory around the bases after 9-11. You know, the first game back at Wrigley Field, taking the flag out to right field with him. Um, He meant a lot to those Cubs teams. He means a lot to Cubs fans. Um, And I just think that he deserves a nice parting gift, even though he's not going to get in this year. So Sammy Sosa, give him the green on my ballot. He is in. Billy Wagner. Pretty simple. You cannot have a Hall of Fame and not have the best left-handed reliever of all time. I think there has to be a place for relievers. They're such a big part of the game. There has to be a place for them in the Hall of Fame. He is the best left-handed reliever ever. He has to be in. That's it. The third guy, it took some thinking. Um, It took some consideration. I really, really struggled with this. I didn't think I was going to at first. I thought at first I was just going to put this guy in no matter what, but I really had to think about it. Think about my own consistencies and my own logic and really put it all together. 
the third guy is Alex Rodriguez. I had to do it. He's just too good. 113.7 war. Let me read these accolades back to you. 113.7 war, 141 weighted runs career plus, 930 career OPS, 14-time All-Star, 3-time MVP, 2-time Gold Glove, um, 10-time Silver Slugger, 4-time Hank Aaron Award winner, 696 home runs. That resume is just too fucking good. He has to be... Uh, he... He is one of the best players ever. Ten years of younger voters coming in and being, you know, and and voting could really help A Rod get in. And you know, if Bonds and Clemens don't get in, ten years from now, they might have wanted to be on the ballot ten years from now because I think A Rod might make it and they might not. But I also think that there's going to be a lot of people that say A Rod is not allowed in my Hall of Fame. So that one is going to come right down to the tenth year. But for me. He's just too good. He's got to be in. All right. What about the guys that just missed? The first one, Kurt Schilling. I had him on my ballot last year. And I said that, um, and I'll own this, that I would vote surely off baseball merit. Character is not something I really consider. I'm not here to be the morality police. And I think that in a way, you know, a lot of people think I'm being the morality police by not voting for Schilling. But I'm not here to judge whose character is worse, right? So when I talked to out to Reeveman, my buddy, about, you know, who was on with us, about how, um, you know, I think I'm leaving considering leaving Schilling off. He said, well, if you leave Schilling off, you got to leave off Helton and you got to leave off Jones and you got to leave off this guy and that guy. But I'm not here to judge, you know, which one is worse than the other. That's not me. I'm not the morality police, right? So when weighing those things, this is what I thought in the end is he asked me to take him off. So that makes my job easier. I don't have to play which one is worse. I don't have to weigh this one against that one. I don't have to be the morality police. He told me not to vote for him. So, okay, I'm not going to vote for him, and I'm going to vote for somebody else. And that leaves one more spot open for a Billy Wagner or for a Sosa or for an A-Rod. So that's it. I, you can say I'm wrong, whatever you want to say. But he asked me, and I'm doing it. He doesn't want to be on. That's fine. I know he wants in. I don't want to give him the satisfaction of getting in more than I don't want to give him the satisfaction of not getting in, if that makes sense. I'd rather him be a martyr and kind of shout into the void than be up there and give an acceptance speech. He asked me not to vote for him, and I almost did. At the very end, I didn't think it was I was going to even come close, but I almost did. But at the end of the day, he told me not to, and that makes my job really easy. Kurt Schilling, see ya, buddy. Go have fun somewhere else. I don't want you around this game anymore. Sorry. It's that simple. The next guy that just missed, Manny. So people are going to call me out for an inconsistency here because I voted for A-Rod and I didn't vote for Manny. That's fine. I'm being inconsistent. It's fair. But I had to have Sosa. And Manny has a few has a bunch of years left. Sosa's on his last year. And I just wanted to give Sosa that last year vote. So 
Manny will probably be back on next year. I had him on last year, despite the two tests, because he was just too good. He was the guy that was just too good last year. Um, you know, you can go back and listen to the episode where I filled out the ballot with da- Daniel Alvarez and Eli Sussman for fish stripes. I had him in, and I said, usually two is too many for me. You know, I think Robinson Cano's not getting into the Hall of Fame. I wouldn't vote for him, but I would vote for Manny because he was that much better. One of the greatest right-handed hitters ever, one of the most feared hitters of all time. I would probably, I will probably have Manny back on my hypothetical ballot next year. What about Jeff Kent? Felt bad dropping this one because I've advocated so hard for the fact that he's the best power hitter in second baseman. I really, really like this case a lot. Um, I could probably add him back on next year, but I just think that on this ballot, there are just too many guys with better cases. Um, I just didn't have any room for him. I kind of did more research this year. I looked into more. I brought in other opinions from the outside. And when I jumbled all that together, I just thought, it's not that it's not as strong of a case as some of the other guys on here. It's a strong case. It's a case I like, and I would probably vote for him next year. You know, depending on how the ballot shakes out, what what goes on. Um, but for now, he's dropped. I I just couldn't vote for him this year. And then there's Bobby Abreu, who I was really 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 close to voting for, but again, the ballot was just too loaded this year. Um, Said this time and time again. Once you know some of these guys drop off, uh, you know Kent's last year is next year. Barry and Sosa and Clemens and Schilling are off this year. Um, Bobby's probably the next guy up. I I would almost guarantee. I can almost guarantee right now, sneak preview of the twenty twenty three ballot for me, that Bobby Abreu will be on my ballot next year. I would probably vote for him. You know next year, but this year on this ballot, it's just a little too packed. I absolutely love. Bobby Abreu's case. I love it. I want to vote for it. I just couldn't do it. You know who else I really wanted to vote for? Tim Lincecum. Hurt my heart a lot to not check big time Timmy Jim, but the peak was just not long enough. I hope somebody else does it for me and that he stays on the ballot next year so that next year when I fill one of these out, you know, one of my hypothetical ballots out next year, I can give Tim Lincecum a check on a less packed ballot. But there are too many guys this year that are too important that I had to give checks to. And for that reason, I'm sorry, big time Timmy Jim. I hope you survive. You deserve to survive at least a year. But I just couldn't do it this year. You know, we've talked about a lot of guys on this season, and rightfully so. But we haven't talked about some others. I want to give a shout out to everybody that is on the ballot. So... We've discussed Bobby, Bonds, Clemens, all these guys. But how about some of the guys that we haven't discussed on today's episode? I just want to read these names off so that people understand who is on the ballot because it's an accomplishment worthy of notice to just make it on the ballot. So at the end here, I just want to point this out. So Mark Burley, Carl Crawford, Prince Fielder, Ryan Howard, Tim Hudson, Tory Hunter, Tim Lincecum, Justin Morneau, Joe Nathan, Jonathan Pavelbon, Jake Peavy, Andy Pettit, A.J. Przinski, Jimmy Rollins, Mark Teixeira, and I guess Omar Vizquel as well, although that one is really, really complicated. Um, All of the guys that make it onto the ballot every year should should feel ecstatic that they are considered among the 10 to 15% best players of all time. 
um, in the top 10 to 15% of baseball players of all time just for being considered for the Hall of Fame. It's such an accomplishment. And for that reason, I believe that everybody deserves a shout out. So my final ballot, here it is, folks. Um, I know you've all been waiting for it. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent gets dropped. David Ortiz is on. Manny Ramirez gets dropped. Alex Rodriguez is in. Scott Rowland is in. Kurt Schilling gets dropped. Gary Sheffield is in. Sammy Sosa is in. And Billy Wagner is in. Sammy Sosa, by the way, gets added from last year's ballot. I will be back tomorrow night after, or I guess tonight. I will be reacting live to what happens. I'm hoping that I'll be home and settled down and ready to go. Six o'clock is when the show happens. I'm going to go live right after, probably through StreamYard on like Twitch and YouTube and Twitter. Come hang out with me. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm just going to shoot the shit, chat. You guys can chat to me whatever you want to talk about. You want to talk movies. You want to talk pop culture. You want to talk Hall of Fame. You want to talk about the crazy weekend in football. Come do it. Let's hang out. Come hang out with me on Twitter on I, I might even do it as a spaces we'll see but I want to be able to record it and put it out as a podcast so I'll probably do it as a stream yard um, this season is not over big hole talk is not over I really want to keep the show going even after um, tomorrow night because or if you're listening tonight but Tuesday night I really want to keep the show going because I really love doing it um, I appreciate all the audience engagement this year. You guys have been, you know, it's been a lot of fun to put this out to you guys, whoever is listening out there. Um, but it's a big night tomorrow. You know, this is a big deal for baseball. They have to get this right. I don't think they're going to. But with the labor negotiations that are going on right now and the lockout and how everything's stalled and it's a slow baseball news cycle, if the only news that comes out about baseball in the winter of 2022 is that for the second straight year, nobody was elected to the Hall of Fame. That will be a PR nightmare, and baseball will have to do some serious reconsideration. They have to get it right. They have to... It, it Ortiz has to get in at the very least. Like, Bonds and Clemens should get in no matter what. They're not going to, probably. But if Ortiz doesn't get in, if they don't have one person that they can hold up and say, we did it, we got somebody in, yay, look at us, congratulations, we're amazing, right? If they can't do that, tomorrow night that's a serious problem and it's going to be a PR nightmare for baseball and baseball just is just going to keep shooting themselves in the foot and I really hope they don't and if Bonds and Clemens don't get in they should get a PR nightmare because that means that their their hall of fame is illegitimate because the greatest player ever and the greatest pitcher ever would not be in it the greatest hitter arguably right like Pete Rose has the most hits of all time is already not in so it would be really hard to crown the legitimacy of the Hall of Fame without those two in it. They have to get this right. They have to elect somebody this year. I can't wait. I hope you guys are excited as well. Thanks for listening along this um, year. It's been a lot of fun. Again, it's not over. We're going to keep rolling. We're going to see how long this can go. And if we have to cut it until... Um, you know, ballot season starts again next year, then we'll do that. But it has been so much fun to bring you content and I hope to continue bringing it to you. All right. So one last time, let me just go over it again. These are the 10 guys that I voted for. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Scott Rowland, Todd Helton, 
Andrew Jones, David Ortiz, Gary Sheffield, Sammy Sosa, Billy Wagner, and Alex Rodriguez. That is my Hall of Fame ballot for 2022. I will see you guys tonight, I guess, Tuesday night, for the live reaction show to the Hall of Fame ballot results. We will see you then on Big Hall Talk.